0: Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter, Paige Baumert. Hi, Paige. Hello. Paige, today we're going to talk about something you used to do. And I know you're not doing it anymore, but it's pretty fresh on the brain. You haven't been married for too long, We're going to be talking about dating, okay, specifically the do's and don'ts of dating. Now, I am not assuming that we can tell anybody like, hey, this is exactly how you have to teach your children about dating. We know that every family could be a little bit different, but we Mm -hmm. are going to talk about some of the decisions that our family made regarding dating and why and how it helped us to maybe give you some ideas or at least start you in the direction where you are deliberately deciding what you want to do for dating for your family and how to help your children be successful in their relationships that happen to prepare them for future, you know, romance in I life, love right? It. So, but bef- yeah, but before we do, Paige, we want to talk about a fun family activity. So, Paige, what is a fun family activity that we can
1: talk about this week? Well, something we used to do for funsies and sometimes even to earn a little bit of extra cash when we were younger was wash the car so I remember we had this black bucket in our garage that had sponges and um, towels and cleaners and we would fill up the bucket with soapy water and we would wash the car and then we'd get out the hose and we'd rinse it off and then we'd take towels and we'd dry it off and it was always super fun in fact I remember one time we had neighbors bring their cars over because we lived in a cul-de-sac so it was really easy to you know have people Drive by and, you know, cut, drop off their car or sit there for a minute. Um, cause it was just really fun, you know, to it was like the one opportunity to climb on top of the car. Now it was totally okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Otherwise, dad is going to say, mm. Maybe not. Right. (laughs) Maybe not. So, um, no, I think this is super fun to wash a car. I mean, I think just to do anything by hand. Of course, it's fun to drive through the car wash. It's fun to even spray it down at a kind of a do it yourself car wash. But when you do it yourself at home, there's just something about it that is just kind of magical it's it's like baking bread yourself somehow it's just Mm -hmm. fun to do so washing the car super fun and you know sometimes there's these little spontaneous water fights which (laughs) happen as well and those are all good right all good so um before the snow flies or you know depending on what time of year you hear this um get out there and wash the car as a family that's a super fun one to do all right so let's switch our gear to dating i mean Car does kind of relate to dating because you you gotta gotta have a clean car to go in general. Most
1: times,
0: (laughs) it's a good idea to have a car in general, yeah. Most times, that's true. Depends where you live, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but dad always had a clean car when we were dating, and that was like, I mean, I think he washed his car every single day, sometimes twice a day, he was obsessed about keeping the car totally clean. And you know, we'd go on a date, he'd come home and wash it before the date, we, he'd wash it. In fact, oh my goodness. You know, I know, I know, actually, I was like, this is a little obsessive. I, I actually, <laughs> w- when I made a little pros and cons list about some different guys I was going on dates with, that was actually one of those cons when I, mean, I was like I don't, I don't know if that's okay <laughs> but I am actually glad that he cleans cars now I will say that you know that is
1: as he um, does it like maybe once every month or so now
0: <laughs> oh well actually we're back to cleaning it a little bit more than that Oh goodness, um you know it depends how busy he is he loves to clean a car so it's anyway true. all right so let's talk about dating but But we're going to talk about dating through the lens of self-government. Okay, so what is self-government?
1: So self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them.
0: Yes. So what we are talking about is controlling our own behaviors when it comes to dating and hanging out and getting to know other people at this time when we're starting to feel a little bit inclined toward romance or at the very least, you know, preparing in that direction. So, so knowing yourself, possessing a knowledge of yourself, where are my weaknesses? What are my flaws? What could I do that I wouldn't want to do, you know? And then also deciding. a lot of analyzing. It is. It's a lot, and you really do need to be analyzing yourself to be successful in the dating world. And yeah, so- and
1: that's different than overthinking. A lot of people overthink when they date.
0: Ooh, that's so true. And they, I mean, to 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 the point where they can talk themselves out of a date with someone, or they can um, assume, oh, they don't like me, or oh, they like me too much, or oh, that whatever it is, and.
1: could go the other way too you could overthink things or um push enough things aside where you could talk yourself into a bad date
0: oh that's true like well i never have anything I, i never go on dates so i guess i'll do this one and it might not be a good one yeah that's true so you're right Paige. that's a good point overthinking when it comes to dating is a really big problem Uh, but also we have to make sure that we're analyzing enough that this is a good educational experience because I think Mm -hmm. this is the main thing is like dating is supposed to be an educational experience right but it is one of the educational experiences that happens when you're not necessarily with mom and dad right Mm -hmm. so a lot of other social training and everything happens when you're younger, but this dating thing, because you're a little bit older, it's something that you got to prepare for and then try, and then prepare for and then try. And so,
1: it's a lot does, of trial and error,
0: it is, but the parent still is involved, they just might not be there every second for mm-hmm. the whole dating experience. So let's talk about dating. And I'd like to do a little bit of a comparison. So as we go throughout all of this stuff, let's, let's try to bring up what the do's are, at least for our family, what the do's are or were uh, for in your case, Paige, yeah. and then what the don'ts, you know, were. So I've got to talk about Porter. Okay. So let's, let's take a little minute here and talk about Porter's dating life. So Porter's 17 and Porter, and he's actually almost 18. And
1: which is so is like prime he, dating age.
0: Yeah. Prime dating age. And I mean, he's obviously not planning on marrying anybody or getting to that level of dating. So he's not getting to physical seriousness or stuff like that, but he is wanting to go and have dates with people and have fun group experiences.
1: Yeah, and he's not looking to get exclusive yet.
0: No, he doesn't, he doesn't want to sit and make out with somebody. He wants to just get to know people and, and that kind of thing. And he wants to, you know, practice talking to girls more and, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. In fact, Porter and I have a lot of conversations about dating and he'll tell me, oh, well, you know, there's this girl that I would like to take on a date um, you know, I've had a hard time connecting with her because her schedule and my schedule and then both of the families, you know, want the children to be doing group dating so that people aren't pairing off and getting into to trouble and so, you know, how do I, what should I do? What's her, what are some ideas, mom? Let's talk about that. You know? Mm-hmm. And so then I talk to him about his dating life, you know, or, oh, I want to go to this dance. What should we do? How should I ask the girl?
1: Yeah. He's actually yeah. very, very open about his dating life, which can be surprising for 17 year old boys. <laughs>
0: Yeah, boys, especially because not usually. But but the thing is, is we've created this relationship where we talk about everything and where nothing's a topic you can't discuss. I mean, we talk about anything from, you know, sexual to dishonesty to relationships. He completely trusts us with any bit of information that's in his head. And so he, I mean, he, he had this situation where there was a girl that gave him a flower (laughs) and and it was a girl he'd taken to a dance and and he was like mom what do I think about this you know and I said I said well you know I was joking with him and I said oh porter did you kiss that girl and he looked (laughs) at me and he goes no mom he said if I did I would have told you and I'm like he's right he would have told me
1: he actually would have been very probably very excited to tell you
0: yeah he would have come and he would have said mom I got my first kiss and this is what happened. So he's like, yeah. no, mom, I would have told you. And so that's the type of relationship that we have. Where, well, um, it's, the it's the type
1: the of culture economy. that we've set up over the years as well. Just being very deliberate in our conversations and knowing that, you know, conversations like that are safe mm-hmm. with and, anyone.
0: Well, and you guys always knew that I was not planning on trying to stop you from growing up. Right. No. So I think there's some parents that get trapped in this case. You're not going to date until you're 35. And when you do, (laughs) you know what I mean? And they just like, they get into this, they start setting the time limits. And I'm like, no, when a person developmentally um, starts noticing the opposite sex or whatever, then that is the, you know, that's kind of the time where you got to start prepping them for their boundaries with what to do with that, you've got to acknowledge that it exists. What to do with that, but you don't like push it along. You don't like, you don't make it like, oh, you've got, oh, is that your boyfriend? You know, like, don't harass your mm-hmm. children. That's like the worst thing you could do, right? And and but but you do acknowledge that it's there, and then say, okay, well, let's start preparing right now for um, what dating life is going to be like, and what you're going to need to get ready for. So I remember with you, Paige. You were boy crazy, always.
1: Oh, yeah, ever since I was little.
0: Like always. Like you batted your eyelashes at grandma's or grandpa's and uncles. And I'm like, how does she know <laughs> that's a boy? And she's batting her eyelashes. Eh? What she doing? <laughs> and you claimed your uncle as your husband. I did. And, yeah, because that's what you called him. Anyway, because you were I mean, you you were into boys always. But <laughs> so what I had to do with you is I had to say, well Page, so you notice noticed that, you know, that's a handsome boy. He's a nice boy. He seems to be like, have a good moral footing or whatever. So let's talk about what you like about him and let's use this information to help you prepare for your dating life so you know what types of people to pick to go on dates with you know and so we used the time to help you observe and develop your standards because there was a lot of time so when we would watch a movie and there was love in it i would always talk about it right mm-hmm. and obviously we weren't watching anything graphic or you know the right. sex stuff or whatever but
1: but i love that you point that out because i think a lot of parents wouldn't even think to do that or think that would think that would be overkill, you know, to like analyze different scenes in a movie um, with, you know, younger children or um, like that just it probably wouldn't even occur to do that.
0: Yeah, well, so as you're preparing your child to date, everything that you do that involves romance like whether it's movies or books or stories that they hear from real life people around them these are all things that start forming them like oh is that what you do oh is that what you do Mm -hmm. and i know that that's what the brain does inside a young person and so because of that i'm gonna say oh guess what they're showing this is what you do but actually that is not what you do and i'll tell you why right and so we would discuss this so that i would help you guys know the healthy way to look at boy girl relationships and what to prepare to do and when that was going to happen too to do that. So, um, and there's a reason, and it's actually because of what happened with my own dating life. And I'll talk about that in a second, but, but I think it's important to recognize that as you guys were coming of age, um, dating became a different thing, right? So, So there was this, oh, well, we're going to hang out, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to go on a date now in our culture, because we homeschooled the parents in the homeschool culture still were training their children to actually go on dates. That didn't mean they want their, their child to pair off, but they just wanted to call it a date. And, and I actually have
1: some sort of commitment to one person, but not a commitment for a relationship, you know, like a romantic relationship. It's a commitment of, oh, I asked you out. Okay. So, you know, I'm responsible for paying for whatever. And, you know, I'm going to make a bit more of an effort to get to know you personally.
0: Yeah. Because... Because the thing is, is if you're just hanging out, you're just like, ah, you're just here. I'm just here. I can be selfish. I mean, hanging out is a selfish thing. It's like, well, mm-hmm. what do I get out of it? Well, what do I want? Well, I want to leave now. I'm going to go play my video game. Bye. You know, and it's just like, there's, there's no commitment, like you said, but when you ask someone to hang out with you, which you call it a date. Okay. Okay. When you ask someone to come on a date with you, then you have to practice your social skills with that person the whole time. And you can't just be like, well, I'm done. Bye. Or yeah. you know, or whatever. But you have to maintain the responsibility for the relationship, even for that just small period of time throughout the whole time. So the way I see hanging out is it's like, well, okay, I happen to see somebody at a, you know, on on a, a school, a school lunchroom. Okay. And we're all sitting there at the lunchroom and we're talking about something. Okay. That's hanging out. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Cause you meet people when you're hanging out yeah. places, you know, you might be with your friends at a, a roller skating rink and there's other people there. Well, then you're all hanging out. Right. Mm-hmm. But, and so then you can do whatever you feel like you want to do. And you could meet as many people as you want to meet. That's the time when you meet the people. But then when someone asks you on a date you're practicing with that one person throughout the date and you take responsibility for how you behave with that one person so that you can practice. Now, this is different than courtship. So courtship is when you have an arrangement with that person and you say, okay, well, I think we might be going to get married, right? And so how about we be exclusive and see if it can work toward marriage. So there's, There's like going on a date and then there's like officially dating. Okay. And then there's like, and now courtship. So that's like the next level before engagement and then marriage. Right. So so the children have to understand these different levels and what they're for. I think it's a really, it's a disservice, you know, don't, don't encourage just hanging out all the time and then
1: jumping from hanging out to like being exclusive
0: exactly because that robs your child of the chance to learn from that dating situation but i think that is what is happening
1: i think oh, for sure because there's a lot of people who they hang out they find out they like someone and they'll you know hang out some more without that commitment uh, to getting to know them better per se And then they'll jump to, oh, you know, I think we both like each other. Let's, you know, date exclusively. Mm -hmm. And And then that commitment is there.
0: The sad thing is, is in the really younger culture, I'm not talking college campuses, although maybe it's even there a bit because relationships are so public and people put them online and whatever. And Mm -hmm. and, um, people are afraid to even talk to each other unless they're going to be exclusive. Like people are like, is that someone I'm going to be exclusive with? Well, I don't know. Like they feel like they have to go straight to sex and straight to um, total romance with a person because mm-hmm. that's what dating is. And I'm like, this is a really bad.
1: It's like um, no, mindset. it's just an extra level of commitment to get to know people.
0: Yeah, and it's a commitment for a few hours.
1: Yeah, like that's and it's it. not like you're committing to make out with them. No, you're you're committing to pay a little extra attention to a particular to person
0: yeah to talk to the person to be to get polite, to them and
1: see if they have qualities that you would like in your future person
0: and there's no you don't have to go on a second date you don't no. even have to go on the first if you it's feel true. like it wouldn't be safe obviously don't go but um but You know, you don't have to. It's just a time where you test out the waters. Like, was that a person? What type of a person would I I like to maybe marry one day? So Porter's at the age where he's not wanting any commitments. He's still got some things. He wants to serve a mission for our church and stuff like that. And he's like, I'm not looking for any committed anything.
1: Well, because he's committed to a lot of other things, like academically and sporting wise and stuff like that.
0: Well, plus he's just young. He knows that he doesn't want to get to courtship.
1: Yeah. No, he's not ready for that.
0: So the thing is, is if you get too close in a relationship, if you start getting too physical with somebody and getting too emotionally attached, you end up at courtship before you know it. And you didn't even You're like, wait a minute, how did that happen? You know, Mm -hmm. and, or you get really, um, physical. So, so the more emotionally connected you get to a person, if you can kind of think of like, um, the like almost creating a pyramid okay so so your base at the, at the bottom of the pyramid is like I'm meeting people so this would be the regular just meeting hanging out in the lunch room seeing a group of friends at a football game but but never really going there specifically with particular people you're just there right or whatever so and then the next and then once you decide oh I'm going to I'm going to maybe ask that person on a date or say yes to go on a date with this other person. Then that's kind of like the next level up on the pyramid. So you've got, and on one side of the pyramid, one line going up toward the pinnacle is your emotional connection. Mm -hmm. And then, and then the second line going up the pinnacle is your physicality. Okay. In the relationship. So when we're just a base level, those, the physicality and the emotional connection are really far apart. Okay. And by the way, by the way, the pinnacle, the pinnacle is we're married and doing all the things that married couples do physically. Okay. So ultimate commitment, ultimate physicality. Okay. So, so when you're just barely meeting p- think people those things are far apart you may be aware somebody's good looking or whatever and, and you may want to get connected to them a little but that's like it's far apart okay so then the next level we go up a little bit so so we've got some physicality that happens there someone comes they knock on your door they they um they open your door for you for a car mm-hmm. they um they may get the door for you as you walk in, they may, um, hold, you know, your bag while you do something
1: at the um, end of the date, they might give you a hug.
0: Yeah. You might have a hug at the end of a date, right? Exactly. Okay. So there's like a tiny bit of physicality there, just a little bit. And then there's this little bit of emotional connection, which is that you are, um, you are like committing yourself for a couple of hours for to that person. You're talking to them more. You're getting to know them. You're asking them questions, which is something I always told you guys to do. I said, mm-hmm. Paige, if you want a second date with somebody, ask them questions. Don't just talk about yourself. Right. Yeah. Because everyone <laughs> loves that. Everyone loves to talk about themselves. So let the other person talk and then they'll love you basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, so anyway, um, you you ask them questions. You you talk about things. This is a tiny emotional connection to them. And you might be thinking, wow, they're really good looking, you know. But like other than that, that's it. You're pretty distanced. You're you're not even holding hands yet or whatever. Nothing like that because there's no commitment. And then you go the next level up. The next level up. Well, if you are if you start bumping up, let's say I go from hanging out straight to I have a romantic commitment with this person. Okay. Then you are bumping up your um your physicality because if all of a sudden you go up that um that pyramid with your emotional and you're like, okay, I'm totally committed to this person. They are my romance match, blah, 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 blah. Well, then where does where does that that physicality line end up? That's parallel with your emotional connection line. All mm-hmm. of a sudden you're way closer to the pinnacle. And so that's why. I taught my children, listen, let's back it down. Let's keep it down here in the bottom for a while. And then when you get to the age where you know you could, you're looking for somebody to to pursue that pinnacle with, right? Then, okay, then let's let's date, 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 and find a person to exclusively date. And then after that, let's get into courtship, right? And we go up, up, up. But this is also why you got to hold off some of the physical, because if you can hold that physical back, long enough so you can because in our family you know we get married first and then do phys, and then you know uh do intercourse and and whatever that's just a way it's one of our our you know values and standards um in our in our family and religiously and so that means you've got to hold off some of that physicality which means you got to pull back um the connection enough that you're not going to cross over a physical line, which means you have to create boundaries there. And the way that you learn boundaries is by doing this basic dating at the very beginning. You learn to keep yourself to a boundary, which is super awesome too. So anyway, Mm. um, if we can just make sure that we teach our children the different levels of this dating world, what it leads to. And, and when we're telling them, Hey, listen, don't go making out with people and don't go kissing on that first date and don't go. And there's a reason why, isn't it? Because we're pulling it back so that we don't ramp it up too high and then end up regretting it. Cause it wasn't the person that we wanted to have that ultimate attachment to, which is called marriage and that ultimate physicality with. So we don't want to sabotage them by not giving them the full picture of how it all works inside their, their own psyche and their own body chemicals and everything else. So we just talk about it in our family. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's a reason. I say this
1: is actually something that I learned a lot about um, here at college. And um, cause you know, my, my major deals with relationships and stuff like that, but there was this wonderful book that we read in one of my classes and it's called How to Avoid Falling in Love with a Jerk by John Van Epp. (laughs) And um, it's, you know, the title's kind of funny, but what it teaches is, you know, kind of based on the same lines as what we're talking about. Because if you jump those levels too quickly or skip levels entirely of that pyramid that we were just talking about, then it's possible that you could start developing feelings or what you suppose are feelings for someone who is not healthy for you and not good for you. Um, and so what something they teach is something called the RAM model. So it stands for Re- relationship attachment model. And basically um, you've got five different categories. You have no trust, rely, commit, and touch. So you, should, you shouldn't trust someone more than you know them. You shouldn't rely on someone more than you trust them. You shouldn't commit to someone more than you rely on them. And you shouldn't touch someone more than you're committed to them. And I think those are really, really good steps to follow, you know, to make sure that you are going in the right direction with a relationship that you're pursuing. Um, so obviously, you know, when you're going on a date, even especially just like a first date you're getting to know them. And so there's no way you're going to be touching them more than you know them, you know, unless you have low standards yourself, but (laughs) yeah, unless you're a floozy, right? I mean, I mean,
0: that's what they used to call being a floozy, but the sad thing is Paige is, is this model is not being taught to children. It's not being understood I yeah. love that that you're talking about. I've actually never heard that before. So I think that's a great piece of information to bring into this conversation. Because you know what? Children are like, I, I lead a group of young women in my church organization. They're all between the ages of 12 and 18. And some of them will say stuff like, well, I don't dare talk to boys because if I talk to a boy, then everybody will say that I love him and that I am dating him. Just because I talk to him And I'm like,
1: that's a really dangerous suggestion.
0: It's horrible because that means that you have to jump straight to romance with the first guy or, or the first girl that you even talk to. You, you have to explore touching and romance like that fast. Mm -hmm. That's horrible. You don't even give yourself enough time. I mean, we're going to lead to all kinds of sexual problems and rape problems and, and, and regret. Well, yeah, like just think, like
1: looking at me, I'm married. What if you know, my husband were to assume that every man I talked to, I was planning on cheating with. Well, yeah. Like how, how would, you know, business relationships be formed? How would connections be able to be made? It's impossible if Mm -hmm. you're thinking like that, you know, like it's okay for me to have friends, you know, of the opposite gender when I'm married, like Mm -hmm. you have really good friends who are men and who you have wonderful relationships with. And like, that's just part of life. You have to have those relationships. You have to be able to make those connections without assumptions being drawn romantically.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a super good point. And so what we have is we have people going from hanging out to massive connection or even just straight to massive connection. And I love how Paige, you were talking about in that RAM model that um, if you touch too much, so if if all of a sudden I just have a scam session with somebody and I'm touching too much that person, then basically (laughs) I am giving the impression that I am massively committed to them, right? Right. When in reality, I could just be thinking socially, because nowadays, socially, it's like touch, 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 see if you like it. Even in some of the sex ed programs, they're like, well, just touch. Everybody just does. Just go ahead and touch. And that is like the the top end, right? And so yeah. without any commitment or any trust or any, anything... And then they give lip service to trust and relationship, but they just talk about touching, touching all the time. And so the kids Mm -hmm. think they should go around touching each other. And that that, that means that then they have to have a relationship with the person because then you have guilt somewhat, you know, if you went and touched. So that, I mean, this is a massive problem. So that's why we've got to lay it out for the children. We've got to help them know, you know, exactly what what to do in what order. And the reason why I'm super committed about this is because of my own dating life. So my parents assumed... That I knew, I guess, a lot of things. Uh, I guess they thought maybe at church I was being taught the right way to date and not date and whatever. And I knew that they would say like group dating was better or whatever. But um, but I went on all kinds of dates with different people and it wasn't always groups. A lot of times it was, but not always. And, um, But I also felt like I was just kind of feeling my way through this. And there was definitely times like when didn't I have a guide. touched, yeah, there definitely was times when I touched too much or kissed when I shouldn't have kissed or, <laughs> you know, those kinds of things. And, and then I, I found myself really regretting. I, mean, I remember there was one time there was a guy from work um, and I went on a date with him. I was in high school, actually, and we both worked at the same place. I went on a date with this guy and he was a super nice guy. We're talking a good guy we end up somehow at his house his parents house and nobody was home okay this is a very bad thing right <laughs> that's a definite don't that's a don't <laughs> do not go <laughs> on a date to somebody's house when nobody's home and it's just the two of you and it's nighttime do not anyway so we ended up there nobody was there parents you know weren't there whatever this was a good religious guy I was a good religious girl you know you think you can just trust no 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 you can't just trust because there's just thing called hormones and and it gets in the way anyway so we end up having kind of a make-out thing and and I knew I shouldn't have done that because I didn't know him well enough and and he, uh, he knew he shouldn't have done it too because when I saw him the next day or a couple of days or whatever it was at work we couldn't even kind of like look at each other we knew mm-hmm. we'd done the wrong thing. We were just like, oh man. And we never went on another date again. And I actually really liked the guy, but like he lost respect for me and I lost respect for him. It was like, we were <laughs> oh like, God, oh, "Shoot, that did not Well, and that's work. what
1: happens when you get too close emotionally, you know, without taking the proper steps.
0: Well, that was just physicality. And then, and we weren't emotionally there. We were just physically going there. And so we got to a physical level and the emotional didn't match it at all. Right, that's that's what I meant, yeah. Yeah, and we both knew that we couldn't pursue that. We're like, we're done, that's over. That was a bad start Mm -hmm. to a relationship and to a dating life. And it just, like, we never visited again. We hardly ever talked to each other again. It was like, and I really should have looked at him and said, I am so sorry. That was... Whoa, you know, I shouldn't have done that
1: we crossed a line, yeah,
0: and we should have just openly talked about it, and then it probably would have been a little better but deadly
1: the Arabic, yeah, yeah, instead
0: it was just left awkward, and nothing happened, so I did not have, I had some hard knocks in the dating okay world, <laughs> and a few things that I shouldn't have done, some boundary lines I crossed over i never um I never like you know got naked with people or whatever, like nothing like that. But I, but, but still there was, there were things that I felt like eh, that wasn't the right way. And I just knew it afterward. It just felt like something was off. Right. And yeah. so I wanted something different for my children. We need, we knew that we needed um, rules for our children, dating rules and stuff like that, that were different. And so we ended up creating a family standard not just for dating rules, but for all kinds of things. And this family standard gave our children some guidelines on dating. So not only were we going to talk about what dating was for with them and the purpose of dating, but we also were going to set up some guidelines. So this family standard document gives guidelines on movies and books and and music and dating and Clothes. uh, clothes, physical appearance stuff. Uh, words that we might say. Um, it's pretty interactions. In, pretty detailed. It is digital devices. All that kind of stuff would be on there. And um, anyway, so we we put the dating stuff in there too. And and that and so Paige, what was that like? So let's let's let you talk about what what were the rules for dating. That you were using and how did you see dating and the purpose of dating and all that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, so when kind of our, our few main rules with dating, because we didn't want to be like you guys didn't want to be overprotective or, you know, in, intrusive in our dating life per se. But our few main rules were, you know, we can start dating when we're 16. And that was in group dates. And we could start um, exclusively dating, like one-on-one dating when we were 18, because, you know, legal adulthood makes sense. Um, Another rule was when we were 16, like, you know, 16, 17, we couldn't go on a date with the same person two times in a row. So if we wanted to go on another date with the same person we just went on a date on, we had to go on another date with someone else. And then we could go on a date with that person again. And, you know, that might seem kind of silly, but it helped us not get too attached to one person at an age where, you know, we weren't quite ready for that or it wasn't quite appropriate. And so it helped us kind of, you know, stay away from that, but also to um, get to know more people and figure out different characteristics and people that we like and that we would want to look for in, you know, a future spouse. Um, so that was, that was a big one. And I remember it actually came in handy because when I was 17, there was this boy that, I mean, he was the closest thing I ever got to a boyfriend in high school. And I wanted to hang out with him a lot, but because of that rule, you know, it forced me to still get to know other people. And, but, you know, I still got to spend time with him. So uh, that was, that was actually a really nice rule. It was kind of annoying at the time, but <laughs> in retrospect, you know, it was very, very helpful and very good for me.
0: Yeah, it's good that you didn't overattach because you knew you kind of couldn't. So um, you were the type of person who emotionally could attach fast. Mm-hmm. So that rule was really a good protection for you because you like, well, I can't get too emotionally attached because I got to go on a date with a different guy <laughs> before I can go on another date with him again. So I, I have to keep spreading myself out there so I can't get too exclusive in my mm-hmm. mind with this guy, right? And you just knew it wasn't the time. It wasn't the time. But you did like him. You yeah. really did like him. I mean, and he was a great guy.
1: Yeah, he so, was really nice, really sweet.
0: Yeah, so you uh, talked about something. You said, you know, that we weren't too overprotective. And um, and and this is the thing. So even though we did a lot of... Um, teaching about dating. And from the time you were young, we were teaching you, well, this is, you know, there'll come a time when you'll date people and this is what it's for and da-da-da-da and that's an exciting time and it's good and and whatever. We also knew that we could not control all of your decisions with dating. So there's a point where uh, dating is kind of like this time where the parent also shows that they trust the
1: mm-hmm. child's
0: ability to control themselves and even that- when they're hormonally. Charged and whatever
1: <laughs> when that trust they, can only come when that proper teaching has been done, so really, if yeah. you want to trust your child when dating, that's up to you. you got to make sure you teach them mm-hmm. and you help them know what well, they need to yeah. know,
0: yeah, and the thing is and, and so if you haven't done the teaching or if they're terrible at self governing they they won't ever even clean their room or do anything, <laughs> then they're probably not going to come home on time, and they might have a problem, so yeah. then you maybe can't trust them yet, right. So my children knew, listen, if you're going to be dating, then we're going to assume you are following all instructions, accepting all no answers, disagreeing appropriately. You can accept consequences. You will obey a curfew. You will, you know, there are all these different things that you will do and that you will keep these dating rules that have been set and that there won't be any manipulation or going around backs and trying to do something different. And, and so we made that you know very very clear. Then we'll tell you when you're you're ready to date. But at that point, when they really are at that place where they're self governing really well, they're ready to date and and do those things. Then I can't be there to watch every single thing.
1: No, because you have to allow us an element of freedom and an element of well that space to you know help us analyze for ourselves and have those social experiences. Um, I know. Um, You know, we've been, I've been told multiple stories of um, teenagers who their parents will, you know, come on dates with them, or, you know, chauffeur them around. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, because then you feel like you can't really be yourself and you don't have that freedom to experiment a little bit, you know, mentally and figure out things for yourself. You should mm-hmm. be willing to trust your child enough and have the relationship needed for the child to come home and be like, okay, mom and dad, this is what happened. You know, mm-hmm. kind of have that quote unquote pillow talk time.
0: Well, and With that is kids. what we do. We've always yeah. done that. So I always wait up for when you guys are going to come home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, we have obviously our curfew and sometimes the curfews earlier, but usually it's midnight, especially if it's a weekend. Right. Yeah. And so. Um, and that's starting at 16. Before 16, the curfew is not usually midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, I I this is like a little ADD track here, but but by the way, um, the when you guys were younger, like 13, 14, 15, we would have group things at our home all the time. Group hangouts. Oh yeah. Um, We'd have laidovers. Well, so laid overs with friends.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they'd come over into like 10 or 11, and then they go home.
0: Yeah, but I'm talking about even with people of the opposite sex. We'd have book discussion groups, game nights, things like that when you were younger. So we started having these little hangouts when you were younger, and you would even go to group dances at the church for younger, but it wasn't for pairing off, right? So, But then once you hit 16, then the the curfew increased, and then you um, could actually go on days when somebody asks you, hey, do you want to come here with me? Of course, it's going to be in a group at first. Right. But afterward, I'm going to talk to you about it. So the children just know they're going to come home. They're going to find mom. They're going to tell me what happened. We're going to talk about it. And I'm going to give them advice. I'm going to say, hey, do you really like the person? Well, that's great. What do you like about them? You know, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Well, that's a good characteristics to find in a person one day. Remember that, you know, yeah. and we're going to and have we really some loved having you
1: involved in our you know, a romantic life well, yeah, because it was, it was really fun. You know, you'd be, you would, you would get excited about different things that we were excited about. I mean, who doesn't, you know, <laughs> like yeah. it's fun to hear about that. And so I think parents who don't make an effort to be involved in, you know, their, their children's dating life in a very, in, you know, that healthy way, they actually miss out. And they miss out on having that extra bond with their Mm -hmm. kids.
0: Oh, totally. So London's at college right now, and she's got a serious boyfriend, Mm -hmm. and which means they're exclusively dating, right? When I say serious, I mean it's not like they're doing tons of physical stuff. They're not, you know. Oh, they're they're just
1: committed to each other. They're super
0: committed to each other, um, and they're—it's really darling. Like Paige, you can just. It's so darling to watch these two because they're just the cutest, most innocent, so innocent little <clears throat> committed. Oh, they're so cute. Anyway, so when I'm dropping pa- uh, London off at school and we're kind of moving her in and whatever, and I'm like, oh, and I'm, I'm talking, her roommates are all in there and I'm talking with her about Mitch is his name and talking to, to her about Mitch. And I'm like, oh, it's so great. And what about this? And da, da, da. And one of her roommates She's standing across the room. She's in the kitchen. I'm sitting on the couch in the living room. And she says, I wish that my mom would get this excited about my dating life and my love life. Like you are so excited for your children. And I said, well, yeah. Of course. <laughs> and so now every time I'm with that that roommate or anything, I'm like, so how's your boyfriend? How's your yeah. whatever? <laughs> and I'm always like asking her because I'm like, she wants someone to get excited with her. Someone who is older, who knows a good thing when they see it, right? Mm-hmm. Who, who gives her, you know, the, the indicator. Yeah. yeah. Whether things are good or not. So she actually, I loved that she just said that. She wished her mom had participated like that with her. And and London was kinda like, huh, I never thought of that. Yeah, because my mom's always like Yeah, it's oh, just well, we always just you know, like talk he's about cute or boys whatever. or girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. And I remember, Paige, when you got your first kiss, you were like, okay, he kissed me, you know, and I'm like, yeah. whoa, <laughs> and she's, and you're like, and I kissed him back, and I'm like, whoa,
1: okay, awesome. Yes, and so that was a fun it. phone call.
0: <laughs> yeah, and London, when she got her first kiss, same thing, she told me, she told you, it was like, okay you know, because Mm -hmm. it's, it's an exciting thing. So anyway, okay. Let's talk really quickly about some things that we can do. So setting up a family standard, this is good. Okay. So number one, make sure your children understand the purpose of dating. Okay. Because initially the purpose of dating is just to see what you like in a person and to practice your social skills. And to practice being committed for two hours to one person. To think of somebody else besides
1: yourself for two Mm -hmm. hours. This is a great purpose of Somebody else besides your device.
0: Yeah, exactly. Put down the device for a reason, right? So that should also be a thing. Be like, don't have device dating. Like, don't be on a date and just be device device all the time. That's just horrible. Anyway, so the purpose of dating and then the family standards. So what are the family's actual rules of dating? Is there an age that goes with dating? Is there a competency level based on your self-government skills that go with dating? Mm -hmm. Are there certain rules about how many people need to be on a date with you or not? Um, What time do you have to come home from a date? You know, all these kinds of things. You want to put those things in a family standard. And um, well, and then and you make sure talk that about everybody it. understands. It. You know, yes. you want to take
1: all those things and you want to have what we call a parent counseling session. So where you just take that one topic and you're like, okay, you know, we want to we want to talk to you about dating. So remember, in our family standard, this is what it says. But also, we want to pre-teach you about you know things that we experienced while we were dating and what you could experience, you know, on this date or while you're dating. And so. It's important to have that parent counseling session, which is different from a mentor session, um, so that you can discuss all those things and kind of pre-teach your child to help prepare them for what to expect Mm -hmm. and what to do for, you know, when things might go wrong or um, for unexpected, you know, occurrences. So I know that was really helpful for me. You know, when I turned 16, you and dad sat down with me and we had a parent counseling session. You said, okay, you know, you're now old enough to date and... And you know this, this is what you can expect. This is things that could happen, and it really helped me, you know, get prepared and you know learn how to actually communicate with boys who asked me out, or you know on the flip side to ask boys out because I was the very proactive type. <laughs> but um, it was very very helpful. And then later on in future mentor sessions we would check up and be like, okay, so like, you know, how's, how's your dating life? Let's talk about that for a minute. Okay. Now let's move on to how your school is, you know? So mm-hmm. it was just a brief little checkup in those mentor sessions, but those were very, very meaningful and very helpful in helping me analyze how I interacted with other people, especially with boys, my own age. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, and this is the whole point. It's a learning experience. It's all practice. Dating Mm -hmm. is just practice for when you really are ready to pursue some things. And you always know people, you always can tell the people that didn't date yeah. You're like, okay, I can tell you didn't go on a lot of dates, you know. Um, one thing that we did, and this is another fun one, Paige, I don't know if you remember this, but we said, hey, before you guys can go on a date with anybody else, then um, the boys have to take mom on a date and the girls mm-hmm. have to go on a date with dad. Yep. And so we had that, that kind of like set the standard for what a date should be like, you mm-hmm. know. And so I remember Quinn taking me on a date out to get sushi because <laughs> you know yeah, he wanted that and yeah. so um, anyway so we had that set up in place and, and that was a really good moment so that we could talk on the date with our children this is how it should be a person should treat you like this oh hey Quinn you better get the door for me because that's mm-hmm. what you need to do when you're on a date because it shows that you care about somebody else and you're serving the other person and this is an opportunity to practice serving that other person yeah. you know and So those kinds of things. Because if you
1: don't actually physically do the practice, it can be a little difficult. Like, yeah, you can talk about it, but putting it into action is where it really starts to sink in. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. So when you're with your
1: mom, it's okay to make mistakes. Or when you're with your dad, you know, it's it's totally fine because you've been making mistakes your whole life with them there anyway, so.
0: Right. Yeah, well, <laughs> right, you know, exactly. And and I think that it also creates a really beautiful lasting memory, like my first date was with my dad or my first date mm-hmm. was with my mom, you know, and that's so awesome. So a lot of people wonder why 16, why 16? Well, when we're talking about getting more physical and more emotionally attached to somebody, um, then that's, you know, for us, like you're you're not your prefrontal cortex is really young all the way along it doesn't even fully develop until a person is between the ages of 18 and 25 years old and so so let's give it some time so you have good problem solving skills also this is a time where you actually can usually drive so driving so yeah, have with partners autonomy. with dating like our children all wanted to drive right at 16 because they wanted to date oh yeah i got my learner's yeah. permit
1: at 15 as soon as i could
0: yeah because they, because that was like rite of passage. Well, if I'm going to get into this next dating world, I've got to be able to drive. I got to be able to get to those places and drive other people around or whatever. And so um, that was a big part of it. Whether you went on your first date ride right at 16 or whether you waited until a per, you know until you were like 16 and a half or whatever, <laughs> but the point was you had to be able to get there. You had to be able to have a little bit of that autonomy so that you could actually make the decisions on your own so that you could know you can trust yourself with other people you can trust yourself with the opposite sex and with groups of people and Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff so 16 is like just this really good time you know it gives you a couple of years before you're 18 but your prefrontal cortex is a lot more developed than it was before and hopefully you're better at self-governing and also um you know, at that point, hopefully you can give yourself a no answer and really yeah. stick to it and hold back on some of that because your hormones are raging at
1: 14. I say know? yeah you got to get through puberty give it a little time <laughs> well, some
0: boys are still going through it at 16 it depends the girls are way done by then but hopefully yeah. you've been able to hold back the hormone levels and and maintain them for a couple of years before you get to 16 and now you're going to be dating other people and, mm-hmm. and you're not going to have a problem there so that's that's just some of the reasons we picked 16 this has been such a good talk about dating such a good walk down memory lane page and i'm so glad you found mm-hmm. the man of your dreams and i'm pla- I'm glad i found the man of my dreams too (laughs) hopefully this will be useful for parents maybe you can even allow your children to listen to some of this and have some good open conversation about what dating should be like for you thank you for joining us on the teaching self-government podcast we will talk to you again next time if you need to find anything else about self-government about the skills of self-government accepting no answers how to correct problems because if those dating things go wrong you need to be able to correct them then be sure to go to teachingselfgovernment.com and find more help there through our teaching self-government course and other resources we will talk to you again next time Bye-bye. bye You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.